You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Today's feast is commonly called Corpus Christi, Latin for Body of Christ, but the full title is the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. Body and blood, the whole Christ. Jesus offers everything, every bit of himself to God the Father on the cross and all that he offers to God the Father, his most holy body and blood is given to us at every Mass. And so today we celebrate what perfect worship, what perfect prayer looks like, what perfect worship, what perfect prayer accomplishes, what it brings us and where it brings us. Of course, we celebrate the Eucharist every weekend and even every day, but the focus of today's feast is to bring the Eucharist outside. So this feast is very associated with processions of the Eucharist, parading with the Eucharist, this idea that the Eucharist, what happens in here, interrupts what happens outside. It affects the way we live. And so the reality of the Eucharist directly challenges one of the, the widely held assumptions of the modern world. We're told, and most people believe, I think, that prayer really has nothing to do with the rest of your life. Spirituality, what you believe, how you pray, and morality, how you live, are completely separate things. How you pray, whether or not you pray, has nothing to do with how you live. That's what the world thinks, but it's definitely not how God thinks, and it's not what the Bible reveals from the earliest pages of the scripture, you can think back to the story of Cain and Abel, God makes it clear that bad worship leads to bad living. Bad prayer leads to bad behavior. And this is why God spends so much time, so much effort teaching his people how to pray well, how to worship well, how to sacrifice well, so that we can live well. That's his point so that we can live in communion and peace with him. It's not that God is needy, oh, I need some attention. No. Who are we focused on? Who are we giving our minds and hearts to? Good worship leads to good living because good worship connects us to the one who is good, who is holy, who is loving, and that matters. It matters who and what we connect our minds and hearts to. It matters who and what we commune with where we look for our source of life and strength. God wants to commune with us to feed our minds and hearts, to feed our deepest selves. And this is why God asks us to offer him our bodies, our voices, our mouths, our tastes, our smell. That's why God wants us to say certain prayers and go to certain places to offer those prayers. That's why God wants us to gather around altars and join in prayers led by priests who wear vestments. That's why God asks us to fast at certain times and to feast at other times. That's why God asks us to make pilgrimages, to light candles, and to smell incense. None of these are Catholic innovations. All these elements of prayers fill the pages of the Old Testament. Jesus knew them well. This is how he prayed. And so worship can't be separated from the body. It's not just a thought experiment. It's not just a mental exercise. 
Worship requires all of us, body, blood, soul, humanity. It requires our attention, our reverence, and devotion, body, blood, soul, body, blood, heart. And another aspect of worship that we find in the Old Testament, and this one kind of seems really odd to us, is this focus on, on blood. You know, what would that have to do with prayer and worshiping and sacrificing? Well, we know that God's people were forbidden from consuming the blood of animals. This was something that separated the Jewish people from their neighbors. So it was a matter of ritual purity to be able to pray well. It concerned their ability to worship. So it wasn't just about diet or a health issue. Physical health was not the concern. And so what, what was that all about? Why this prohibition from consuming blood? Well, the people of the ancient world understood that life is in the blood. They observe correctly that when living things lose enough blood, they die. Life is in the blood. So it's a logical conclusion for them to make. And so God uses their understanding, this phenomenon in the natural world, to teach them a deeper truth. Don't consume the blood of beasts because you are not a beast. Don't commune with lower things. Don't give your mind and heart to what is below. You have an eternal soul. Don't give your mind and heart to those lower existences because you are called to a higher place, a higher existence, created to commune with God, created to drink His blood, to share His life, to feed on Him. And so what does prayer and worship look like in the Old Testament? An animal is sacrificed, its blood is poured out on the altar. This is a symbol of the believer trying to get to God. They give a thing that they have, a part of their flock, a possession, to represent them. They're trying to get to God. But it doesn't work, right? It's, an, it's a pointing to, it's a shadow, it's a sign of the perfect sacrifice that only Jesus can offer. The flesh of the unblemished lamb and the blood poured out on the cross and the life that flows from it and is still flowing through the mass. Life is in the blood. And so what Jesus offered to the Father is given to us in Holy Communion. This is why worship matters. When we come to Mass with the right disposition, our minds hear God's Word, His truth. So our minds are communing and being conformed to His truth. We receive the Eucharist in a state of grace. We commune with God's very life. So what do we receive? The sacrificing Christ, the merciful Christ, the loving Christ. In Holy Communion, we become what we eat. When we eat and drink regular food, those things become part of us. We assimilate them. They give us energy and strength. But the Eucharist is different. When we eat his body and drink his blood, we become part of Jesus. We become part of him. We participate in his body, as St. Paul told the Corinthians that we heard in the second reading. We become like him, sacrificing, loving, merciful, thankful, focused on the Father and laying down our lives for others. The holy body and blood of Jesus is true food and true drink, true prayer and perfect worship. That's why it matters, because how we pray determines how we live and where we end up, and whether or not we make it through that wilderness, through that desert, the testing of life, and in our days in the promised land. 
May the heart of Jesus in the most blessed sacrament be praised, honored, and adored with grateful affection in all the tabernacles of the world, even until the end of time. Amen. <laughs>